Praise the Lord, everyone. It's Brother Chris speaking, your host for the Everyday Apostolics podcast, where the individual shares their story for God's glory. Welcome to another week. I hope your week went well um, from the previous podcast. Um, since the previous podcast, sorry, I hope you went, uh, your week went well and everything went okay. And I hope you enjoyed the last podcast we had with the Assistant Pastors Grace Point Church, Reverend Luke Hano. Well, for this week's episode, I was very fortunate and very blessed to have another member, another brother from the United Pentecostal Church of Western Sydney, my brother Takika Tayori. So it was an honor and privilege to have this um, this brother of mine um, come on the podcast, share his story, share his testimony, share his journey um, of you know where it all started from him. Um, born and raised in the wonderful Cook Islands, so shout out to all the UPC. UPCWS, uh, mostly Cook, uh, majority Cook Islanders, so a big Kiorana. I hope you hear that. I hope I said it right. If I didn't, uh, my apologies. But I was honored to have him on, and I'm really thankful to see the, the diversity um, within the UPCA, you know, whether it be Cook Islander, Samoan, Tongan, Fijian, um, Maltese, you, know, you name it. And it's wonderful to see the, you know, the diversity the diversity and also the multiculturalism here in Australia, especially when it comes to the church. So in saying that, uh, the brother shares his story. And once again, I'm going to give it to you, the listener, to hear it out. And once again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your input. Uh, thank you so much to um, to you, the listener, uh, whether it be here in Australia or in parts of the world. And I just want to say thank you so much. And I'll try to continue on as best as I can. And also improve the quality as the um, as the episodes go by. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Takika Tairi sharing his story for God's glory. Enjoy the episode. God bless. All right, praise the Lord, everyone. It's Brother Cruz here. So back here with another episode of Everyday Apostolics. But it's um it's a wonderful and to join on to have once again another guest from the United Pentecostal Churches of Western Sydney. We're Reverend Takika. Brother, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. No worries, no worries. So of course I just want to give acknowledgement to Pastor Jimmy before I commence. Thank you so much, brother, for allowing um and allow myself to interview another another two there'll be another one upcoming but i just want to say thank you so much and hopefully you hear this out and also shout out to mother darling so brother i'm going to give you the, i'm going to give this straight to you of course the first question mm-hmm. is of course um of course you, your, your full name um of course i mentioned by first name but your full name uh your upbringing um your background um whatever the case may be um in regards to yourself I'm gonna give it forward to you. So take it away, my brother. Um, well, um, it's an opportunity. Thank you, brother Chris, for this opportunity. No worries. And thank God for every opportunity that He opens up, uh, so to share mm. uh, our testimony. Yeah. Well, my name is uh, Taki Katairi. I'm uh, born and bred Cook Islander. Yep. I come from the lovely and the most beautiful place in the Pacific called Rarotonga. <laughs> if there was a heaven. That is closer to heaven. <laughs> That's the closest place you'll, you'll find, which is tropical uh, Kukans. Um, I come from a family of seven kids. Yeah. And I'm the last of the lot. Okay. Six girls. I'm the last boy. Ah. So I grew up in a predominant uh, CICC traditional church. Mm. Um, my father was a strong member. And even at the same time, uh, my life was between 
um, church and politics because my father was a politician. Oh, okay. And um, he served um, almost 30, 38, 48 years uh, in politics in the Cook Islands. Um, he was uh, one of the, um, what do you call it, the blueprints of the political life in, in the Cook Islands. Mm. Um, he became the first Cook Island um, Queen's representative, which we call in the island, or in another way, in Australia, Governor General, the first Cook Islander. Yeah. Um, so that made me proud, but doesn't mean it that uh, he's, that's God's calling for him. Uh, for me, um, I have a background of policing. I love policing. Um, I grew up uh, around people uh, policing. Um, then, uh, 2005, I migrated here to Australia. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, most of my life, say, I've been here for 17 years. Yep. So most of my life, uh, when I came, it, was, it wasn't easy to come. I thought I was just coming for holiday. Mm. But, uh, and again, you know, when, when God has his plans, yep. you know, everything changes. Um, so since then, I've been here since 2005 until now. And in my walk with Christ, um, I believe in my calling, I came to know Christ at a very young age, maybe about 17, uh, 16, but I did not really get, actually get, you know, grab what it means. Mm. Um, Bishop Peter from the Apostolic then was um, the pastor in the traditional church. Uh, we were, I think we were some of the first people that were baptized. I know, no, we were, that we agreed, but we never got baptized. So imagine that 1986, I would say 1986 until 2012, mm. when I fully um, acknowledged that Jesus is my Savior. Um, everything changed for me. Um, when I was, I'm not saying bad, what, what I learned when I was in the CICC, yes, I, I was a mad, what you, like everybody in the, we are into it, you know. But there was, I didn't understand why I would go to church and then the next day I'd be drunk. I continued, you know, as part of my life. Yeah. Um, until I came to know this, this oneness God, mm. then all those things just, I left them. Um, the journey was, you know, journey has always been uh, adventurous. When I mean adventurous, is up and down, you know, nothing's always straight. Uh, one of my uh, grand uncles says, when you do something, it won't be straight. When you look up to the hills, the hills are never straight. It's always up there. So life is going to be like that. But it doesn't mean that we have to stop. Um, 2005. And we were staying in Kempsey. That was in Kempsey. I went to a um, Presbyterian church in um, La Kemba. Um, but then um, my wife, she already came to Australia. So she was um, staying with the senior pastor and then here. So in between that time, because we stayed in uh, Kempsey, um, Kempsey became a rendezvous or people, if they're going to, going outside of Australia, they bring them to me and they would drop them. So, and at the same time, um, I, there, were, I, there was something missing in me that I, I didn't know. Uh, until in 2010, I started coming to uh, coming to, to serve this Lord, you know, bit by bit. You know, Sundays we travel down here because it's a, it's a distance from, from Camp Street to come here, but oh, it's just yeah. that commitment, hey, yeah. just, just turning up. 
Um, I wasn't, you know, I'm not the type of person that when I see um, apostolic, you know, I'm not the person that will uh, laugh about it because I've seen it back in the island. And yeah, my journey, my testimony is uh, in 1987, I had a big accident. Mm. Um, I was transferred to um, Auckland Hospital. Yeah. Um, on the night of my accident, I was a dead man. Mm. But then in the twinkle of that moment, I heard this voice clearly saying, I am not finished with you. And that voice has, has been tingling in my heart until in 2012 when I gave myself to the Lord, you know. He became my personal saviour. And my, my journey, uh, you know, with my family, always up and down, you know. Nothing is perfect, but uh, we strive, you know, I strive to to build my family mm. and my children. Um, 2015, I graduated from Bible school, and then 2019, um, I was um, commissioned to take over our church in uh, under Pastor Jimmy in Penrith. Mm. And it's been a challenge, yeah. and, um, and I love every challenge. So yeah, that's, uh, that's me. All right, that's it in a nutshell. I really, I really love that, uh, how you shared your story, and. Um, it's amazing that, you know, of course, you know, when you get to meet a person, actually sit down and hear their story, there's so many things you can learn from them. So I've, learned, mm. I've just learned a lot right now, especially when you mentioned that, um, so the CICC, so that's the Cook Island Congregational Church. Cook Island Christian Church. Oh, Christian Church. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. And on top of that, you, um, a bit of, no, with your family background, that your dad was the first governor general. Yes. Um, of Cook Islands back then, the Queen's representative. Um, the question I ask, were you... When your dad was the governor general, were you, did you reside like in a special house or so? Because the reason why I ask because back in Fiji, um, like we, if you're a representative of the queen, or now it's just the president, yes. if you're a representative of the queen, you get you put into um, one of the like the how can I say one of the special houses for the queen's representative. Was that like for yourself as well? Yes, um, we, there there's a residence in um, one of the villages. Okay, just for the for for yeah, for yeah. the family. But we all we also have our own homes back in the other village. But yeah, when he became the Queen's Rift, we stayed there. Wow. We stayed so we stayed here from I think nineteen eighty eighty eight or nineteen eighty six to nineteen ninety. I think almost six years. Okay, so that was a year later. That's when you had your big accident. Yeah. So um, the reason for your big accident, the hospitals, and there was no hospital in Cook Island to accommodate the accident you had. I think there was. Uh, he can accommodate, but my father, uh, oh, okay. he, he just pulled the string. All right, uh, right. You know, because, you know, family comes first to him. Yeah, yes, so, yes. Yeah, so I was transferred in. Nice, nice. Sorry, because it's, it's fascinating That's because, right. you know, you're the Queen's. <laughs> you know, your dad was the Queen's, you know, Governor General on top mm. of that. And on top of that as well, um, like with school in the job, special education, or you just went to the school over there in the Cook Yes, Islands? just a normal school and then to the college and then... Um, when we went to college, you know, in Ireland, there's New Zealand School C, which is about upper fifth, and then form six. Yeah. So we set the school in New Zealand School C, mm. uh, which is upper fifth. Uh, we had the exams, and then at the end of the year, our classroom decided that because public servants, they have vacancies every year. Yeah. So we decided those who want to work can apply. If you get one, go back, go in the workforce. Mm. Um, the rest, if you don't make it, continue education. So I was one of the uh, the ones that had an, um, 
approved to work for the government at a very young age. Yeah. So I worked as a uh, probation officer, working with a lot of, uh, you know, people. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Did you ever have this one? Did you ever get to? Did your family or your dad get ever get to meet the Queen? Yes, my dad. Um, they met the Queen in nineteen eighty. He was knighted in um, in England. Okay. Yeah, he was knighted with my with my mom, and he was the first Cook Island to put a uh, you know the A the lay on the Cook Island on the on the Queen, and we still have those photos running. Um, at home, so this year when the queen passed, yeah, so we used that photo from home. We took it as uh, part of the uh, paying our respect to, uh, so people came in. Uh, you know. Oh wow, yeah, because they did that in Fiji, like yeah, because uh, where I come from, the um, the queen actually went to our village, my mom, our village on one of the island, the one of the islands in Fiji, and uh, when when she passed, they did the same thing by holding a memorial mm. in uh, one of the the chief's houses, but. Uh, there you go. But also, on top of that, you're in policing, you're involved a probation officer. Was it challenging at times? Were you it's always challenging because um, different types of um, you know, lifestyle of people. Yeah. So I try to adapt, not adapt the way, you know, I try to help them mm. um, in the way that I can. And, and throughout the years, I've, I've met them somehow free. Yeah. And they always call me by my name, Junior. They okay. Say, they say, no, you know, I think without you on that day, I, I would have been somebody else. So I thank God for those little moments with uh, helping our people. Mm. And from from uh, correctional, I came to uh, work as police, police officer, mm. um, for five years before I migrated here. Okay. No, it's uh, oh, it's because uh, I've I've heard many stories from relatives that worked in you know the law enforcement, mm. especially in the islands. Um, it's different than when you deal with uh, many different people. But on top of that, as you mentioned, you come from the tropical islands of Kona, the one yeah. you know, is the same closest to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the Cook Islands. Probably it was the closest, uh, you know, the closest thing to heaven because I don't know how the Cook Islands felt after you played against Tonga over the weekend. But that's another story in itself. That's another story. <laughs> that's their journey, not much. <laughs> Oh, man. But um, but of course, with your walk with Christ, you came to Sydney in two thousand five. You entered in the Presbyterian Church. You were in Campsie. Yes. And your place was a sort of a sort of a rendezvous point for yeah. the Cook Island community. But our then, family, especially our family. Yeah. Nice, nice. And then um, of course, you know, you stepped into Pentecost Church was in twenty ten. Twenty ten, I started. Twenty ten. What was your reaction when you came in? Did you um, when you stepped in, was it? Something different, or was it like, uh, what was your reaction for yourself, uh, brother, brother? I think for me, um, my first reaction was, this is what I wanted. Mm. As soon as, I, I think when we were in uh, the Emerton um, Hall, my first Sunday there, you know, it really, I wanted it. Yeah. It's not that, I, oh, there they go again. Yeah. I think I've been longing for it for a long, like what I said, it almost took me 25 years to realize where my calling is. Mm. No, I wasn't, I was ready for it. But during that time, I was being um, trained, pruned, put through fire and all these things by my seniors, um, taking me into leadership. So, yeah, I was looking forward. Because mm. um, I've had my friends back home, they say, you're always meant to be somewhere closer to God. 
rather than being closer to most of us uh, in this life. And, and they believe that that's where I belong. That's, these were my friends before I even came here. So it's a long story, but... Oh, brother, God, you, you have plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of time. And um, when I turned 40, um, then I decided, I sat with my sister and said, there's only two things that I can do in life now. I see myself to become a politician like my father mm. or to become a man of God or to be a servant. So I, I chose what God has called me to become. Mm. That's it. Amen, man. And on top of that as well, you know, of course, you know, you're heavily involved here in the church and of course with the men's ministry as well yes. and taking care of the church in Penrith and many other, you know, many other duties that you have here in the West, the church in West Sydney. Um, do you ever thought to yourself, man, not only the Lord knew this, that I'll be heavily involved and I'll be here, here on, a on a Tuesday night here sharing my story on the podcast. <laughs> uh, no. um, I'm just, uh, sometimes um, people don't hear our testimonies, they yeah. might hear it, but I'm, you know, I'm grateful tonight for the opportunity like this. Um, I think my since I came to church, I've never missed men's ministry like you said, and uh, the conferences. You know, mm. my first conference was with Dr. Bernard in Melbourne. Okay. So that was yeah, that was a crucial point in my life. Yep. And it's been it's been a, a journey of up and down, but yep. balance. Because would you? Because I love what you said. You know, uh, when it was your uncle said you mentioned about the hills. You know, there's you can't you don't see you know this is flat plains. There's always yeah, hills. Always. Would you? Would that be a good advice for anyone serving God? That you know, just like the hills is going to be up and downs. It's going to be a roller coaster. So yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster because nothing is smooth. Yeah, uh, no one is perfect. Mm. Because to, today may be perfect, and then tomorrow is something else. Yeah, but as long as we you know be yourself, be stable, you know, know what's wrong and right. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a choice that we make. Um, both ways, it works. It's good, it's bad. Sometimes we have to experience something for us to, to say yes. Something mm. we have to say yes to say no. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. But on top of that as well, of course, earlier this year, I believe um, you're at the front of one of the brothers, Brother George Homopo. Yes. And, um, of course, you went up to say a few words, a uh, few words or so. Of course, time was, I remember seeing you and seeing front, and also you speaking to your wife, I've got to go say something, because, of course, do you ever want to say yeah. something? Time got caught up, and you went up to say something. But, um, yeah, because earlier this year, I, mean, I had shared a podcast just a tribute to Brother George, but what are your memories of Brother George? I know you shared it at the funeral, but what oh, are the... I, I think he has a servant heart. Mm. He's so humble. He'll just do anything for the, for the gospel to grow. Mm. He'll say, well, no. He'll never say no. Yeah. And also he'll take out his time or his personal time, he gives it to, to us. See, like when he came to us, he helped us in a lot of ways to, to build a church in Minchinbury. Mm. Um, he has a servant heart. He has a serving heart. Uh, he never says no to anything. He just says yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen, bro. Amen. Moving on, next question. What have you learned from the time you first stepped in in 2010 
to now 2022 12 years have gone past time has gone quick you know so what have you what have you taken in bro um from the first time you stepped in whether it be in um in the old hall in edmonton now we're here in mandrewood um of course you moved around western sydney a lot what have you learned what have you taken in what have you learned what have you soaked in um of your you know over a decade's worth of serving the lord i think what i've um gained through walking with god is humble being humble mm. i grew up from a humble family my mom never talks to my you know um i serve without complaining i just do what what am i required to do yeah except to jump in the fire <laughs> I will do anything but not to jump in the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, don't jump in the fire. Don't, right? don't. Oh God, don't, don't jump in the pool full of sharks. Yeah. It's a Lord, I, right. it's like, Lord I love yeah. you, but this is, I know, I question this one. Yes, um, for those last 12 years, it's, it's tough, mm. but it's good to be tough. Yeah. Because if we feel that we can't do it, then uh, we're not putting ourselves 100% for the Lord. Um, it comes with finance, comes with time, comes every takes out of the time, but at the end of the day, it's worth it. Worth every sense, worth every, um, every sweat. Yeah. Um, and um, men's ministry has always been uh, part of my life. Knowing that means, uh, you know, means have been um, divided uh, in this world. That's why I'm really, uh, I really love working with the means. Um, you know, to bring them to know that who God is, and tell them that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to you know, but always remember that God is always there for them. But the choice will always become your choice, not mm -hmm. my choice. I can give you gold, silver, everything, but it ain't going to take you to heaven. Mm. Yeah, and just as you say, you know, your choice is your choice, the yes. power of choice. You know, it's like that saying, you can take a horse to the water, but you, you can't, can't make, make the drink, you can't That's make the right. horse drink the water, it's up to the horse to drink mm. the water. But on top of that as well, bro, like, just as you say, not to complain, but have you at times, you know, through those moments of stepping away, you are during your walk, especially the first time you stepped in till now, were there moments of like, you wanted to complain, but not in public. You just have your own time with the Lord saying, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm going through this situation. I'm going through that situation. I need your help. I need your guidance. I believe that in, in how he said it, we have to, I, I don't show it in public. Mm. You know, I just keep it to myself. Yeah. Um, I take my frustration out into the, where the, there's nobody there. I just, you know. Um, and, and then just speak to God to say, what's happening with you? Can mm. you help me? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not the type of person that shows public that when I'm angry in public. Mm. Yeah, so I just keep it to myself. I yeah. don't you know it. Mm. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, of course, with Islanders, you know, you know, of course, um, when times are tough, we sometimes you know, have a few loose bolts in our, yes. in our head and then, and, you know, but now it's good because it's good that they share that, especially with, you know, we especially with the UPCA or with the churches, really about mental health. Yes. And especially amongst men's ministry. Yes. Um, because at times we think we're strong. 
You know, no. we think we're very, we're made of iron in that, you know, we're superhuman. <laughs> but, you know, the eye is the gateway to the soul and you can see through many things. Yes. But on top of this, well, you mentioned men's ministry. And this leads to me, to my next question, uh, um, uh, is what do, you, what do you love about church? You know, you're in, heaven involved in men's ministry. Yes. Um, you know, you do your part for the church to assist in, you know, here in this nice, wonderful church in uh, UPC, WSC, mm. and Mount Druid. What do you love about church in general or as a whole? When church comes to the fellowship, yeah, the freedom to, to, to enjoy, you know, fellowship after being away for almost a week, mm. coming together and just sharing and praying and crying and laughing, yeah. just sharing about the goodness of God. Mm. I, I, that's what I see here because in the traditional church I'm, I have to say this when you enter into a church people always is already scanning you whether you're good or bad or ugly mm -hmm. but here the moment you come you, you know we've, I fall in love to new people so um, it's always good that's, that, that's me you know here it's just family Church is family, yeah. regardless of what, as soon as, we, I, that's what I found out in church, when we come together, it's always um, family, it's all about family. Mm. And top of this, well, you know, just you mentioned family, and especially men are like the backbone of the family, because yeah. stats have shown that when you, you know, when you win the man of the house to the Lord, to church, or it brings the whole family. Yes. And um, we've seen as well, with you being a men's leader, um, brother, um, like I've seen over the, for me, I've seen that the men's ministry is starting to pick up. Like, of course, we had the men's uh, the men's regional camp yes. in Canberra. Yeah. I really enjoyed it with uh, Reverend Jacob Kautibiano as the guest speaker. For yourself, how about for you as a men's leader? Um, what does it mean for you? What do you enjoy about that? As you especially being involved in men's ministry. I think, uh, being a man cannot um, work without the young people. Mm. Um, uh, for me, my belief is that as a man, in order for the men to grow, we have to grow with the young people. Yeah. Regardless of um, their bad side, we have to grow with them, you know, just mentor them, speak, be with them. Because if we decide as just men's means, then our young people will look at us as just means, mm. nothing more. And they will, it's, it, it will become hard for them to to respect us because we're just talking about men. Hey, you're a young kid, what are you doing here? No. So I believe that um, for the men's ministry to grow, we must involve our young men. Mm -hmm. um, so they learn, they, they grow uh, to become like men. They're young and they need to learn from us. And being part of the men's ministry, last year I was COVID. Yeah. And we were hit with COVID. Yeah. And um, three of us were in hospital. Unfortunately, one of my uh, brothers went to the Lord, and myself and my son, we, we, were, we were hit with COVID, and uh, that was my, one of the strongest um, turning point of my life. Um, I had the church, you know, we had the church here praying, and I never, I never gave up and said, God, you promised me my calling is not finished. And yeah, we went through prayer and fasting, and I wasn't working. I got just, just before September, I got what do you call, um, returns from school, from work, I mean. Mm. And then it didn't really help me. Now I'm sick and then 
finance I'm the main breadwinner and I'm so thankful for our church the UPC WS and um, even the the main church UPCA for helping uh, with the finance in, in, in especially in the time of our need when didn't we have anything uh, pray is always prayerful mm. yeah so those are my moments like that, I like as you mentioned, you know, to involve the young people. So when you mean like involving the young people, it means you more like a mentorship for men to mentor yes. these people, yeah? Yeah. But not too much mentor them in, you know, just mentor them as who they are, yeah. you know. Don't take it too hard on them, but, yeah. Mm. And I feel if we become too hard on them, then they will, know. love them, mm. make them as your best friend. Mm. And then during that time, then they will build trust, and then that's when you start to sharing the word. Mm. So it takes a while. Yes. Yeah. And that because of like probably for you, um, I hope that you agree with this, uh, bro. You see, like especially Highlanders, you mm. know, sometimes like I for me I've noticed of these that as Highlanders, whether they Cook Islander, Fijian, Samoan, there's um not much of a father figure in the household or so. Yes. And you see, as you like, we men's ministry or the church in general, where where there are men in the church. Um, that'll be sort of like a good starting point or a good way for men to somewhere like as you say, not judge them so don't yeah. do this, do that, like give them at least like that, just yeah. say, Look, how's it going? How yeah. are you? My name's so and so. Um look, would you not just hang out or something like that? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean that's the per, um that's the power of making friends to say hello. Yes. It, when they say hello, then we start the conversation and then we build their that relationship. Yeah. If it doesn't say hello now, tomorrow say hello again. Yeah. Instead of um coming and then it's oh praise the Lord, you know. Already you've already assumed this guy is getting holy holy, is that me? No. So we we as means we make it in a way that they feel comfortable that who we are and then we start building them. Mm. Yes, <laughs> and also just acknowledging uh, men's environment uh, leader, Pastor Paul. Yes. Pastor Paul Ikila as well, I'm um, doing a wonderful job. Many He's wearing many hats when it comes to the organization, yes. but uh, it's wonderful to see that as well. Um, anything else in regards to men's ministry? So, because um, for myself, look, I'm in my, I'm in my twilight years with youth ministry, and of course, I'll be jumping back in Parramatta to yes. men's ministry. But um, what other things do you do, you know, in regards to men's ministry here? The reason I'm asking, you know, there may be those that men's ministry may want to hear what you do, whether it be like, of course, fellowship nights or get-togethers or have a service just for men. Oh, every month, every last Thursday of the month, yeah, uh, we have our men's um, for one hour. One hour only, that's it. No more, no less. Mm. So what we do is we have our own program. So for this year, um, each like our men, you come up with the program. You do what, you know. But everything we do, we start off with the word and then activities. That's all. Nothing much. Um, so this year with the men has come up with their own program, their prizes, everything. We, we focus out of our own pocket. And people, the, the young people come, they just enjoy, you know, just something, activities, something to get them going, um, both in the spiritual activity and a fun game so we we build that relationship and we're looking forward to next year because it's the young people that will be doing it exactly yeah i don't know how they're going to do it but we've just showed them so each thursday um new men new program so the program is is always 
Tonight is better. The next one is better. So it's always elevating. It's always moving instead of uh, just no. So we're always trying. Okay, I'll do my one better. It's just to get everybody together. Yeah, it's just getting together and just having not so much hard on um, Bible Bible bashing. No, you, you. No, it's just simple word and then activities get everybody to enjoy life. That's it. Hopefully, one of the activities next year is doing a hundred kilometer jog. Uh, <laughs> I'll come with you. <laughs> we just take the car, just drive. Yes. Oh, you read my mind. <laughs> I don't know that, brother. Um, what is going your scriptures? Uh, what is your favorite scripture or scriptures, and why? Why is it your favorite scripture? I think my favorite scripture. You said it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Mm. We will rejoice and be glad. Every morning, that's what I say. This is the day that the Lord has made. Nobody else made this day but the Lord. Mm. The Lord gave me the birth of life. So, And the next one is rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because sometimes um, rejoice brings us closer to God, even in times when we are down. Mm. We, just, we don't pretend that we are, but we know in our hearts that we rejoice in good times and in bad times. Yeah. I love those. Those are the two things that I always say every day. Mm. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made in both our English and our Kukan's language. Your mother was welcome to say it in the Kukan vernacular. I love to hear it. Oh, it says in Kukan, Kutarati, the Akuni, Yehova, Kerekarekatatu, Ekiperekawan, Kukan. Nice. Awesome, awesome, man. On top of that as well, you know, with those scriptures you mentioned, um, you applied not only just yourself but also to your whole household as well. Yes. Especially being a married man and have children as well. Yes. I'm married with um, lots of children. And yeah. Then, yeah. Um, apparently, my wife is not here to testify. Um, she's currently in Auckland. Okay. Yeah. And my children, um, the older ones is a bit hard, but what can you do? They are, you know, they have a choice. Mm. But with the young ones that I have, um, yeah, they're still pulling through. They're pulling. Even the, they always, you know, teenagers, it will, it will be hard. Yes. But never for, I, I won't, I won't, um, I won't let them down. Mm. I'll just, uh, yeah, push them. Apart from that, when I came here, you know, I never regretted relieving the police because that was part of my life. I never regretted everything. When I came here, my son asked me, Dad, I don't want to go back. I want to go to school here. So that's, that stopped us from going back to Raro for three months. Mm. They asked me that. And I never knew that God will take me to where I am today. Um, if I stayed, if I think if we went back home, it would have been opposite. I would have been the same person like when I was 18 years old. Um, yeah. So this is one of, I've never regretted giving my children the first opportunity to, you know, to find what they want here in Australia because I've always backed them mm. until today. Because mm. in the end of the day, brother, you know, you want to do what's best for your children. Yes. And, you know, that's for every island. The reason why I come to Australia or New Zealand is they want the best for their kids. Mm. And you just you just summed it up very well, you know. You want the best what's for your children. Um, maybe not, my brother. I do, I do this with everyone. So I do a uh, scenario. So I guess who's coming to brother, brother Takika's house. So just imagine, from, even though we're in the church here, there's with a wonderful church here in UPCWS, pretend there's a table in front of you. There's five chairs, all right, there's a nice cook-out and meal with no feast in front of you. 
So five biblical people you choose, whether it be Old Testament or New Testament, who would they be and why would you bring them into your house or into the church? Amen. Um, my five favorites will be Moses, yep. David, Esther, Peter, and Paul. Okay. And <laughs> that's pretty straightforward. Yes. Why would you bring those five? Um, I know for, for Moses... Um, because I wanted to be an, you know, Moses interceded for the people of uh, uh, Israel in times of, you know, he was arguing with God to make sure that, you know, for his, for the sake of, so Moses showed the way to me that in how powerful you can intercede for others uh, when, you, when God speaks to you directly. And of course, David, worship God as where you are, how you are. And I'm just simple, nothing hard. But for David, um, he knows his mistakes. And every time he does something, he always goes before God. He asks God first. Esther, you can be the queen, but her victory is our victory. Meaning, when God elevates you, uh, like me, I'm not here because of myself. I'm here because people prayed for me to be, to be here. And I still need to serve. Um, Peter, my good friend Peter. Um, I wish I was like Peter walking on sea today. Um, although he was stubborn, but he kept the faith. He was faithful, even though he knew he was wrong. But he, he stayed uh, into the journey. And of course, Paul, the man himself. Um, the, thorn, the king of thorn of crowns in his heart. You know, although he know in his heart it was hurting, but he served mm. until he but yeah, um straight to the point. <laughs> and I love it, man. It's uh and they'll be very they'll be enjoying the cook island uh, you know, the kuda or kai kai with the food of us. So that is, it is what it is. So there you go. That's brother Kika's mm. five five biblical uh, people that you choose on your table wonderful bro it's saying as well look we're we near the end of the podcast yes. but i just thought i'll give you this question what is your five-year goal uh, brother um whether it be ministry whether it be as an individual whether it be for family what is your five-year goal plan for yourself or let's put it in regards church-wise or ministry-wise especially ministry, okay ministry what <coughs> my goal for the next five years is like every other church leader in is give a church well, a home um, I was reading this book um, Bearers. I think one of the authors said that then that's what stuck me because mm. as as far as I know my ministry is to go back home but then when I read this book it really reminds me that because this is the vision of our pastor for us to have a church until that church is built within the next five years of then I go home because I cannot leave um, my pastor's vision empty. I need it to be fulfilled before I can go um, for us to have a church. And for us in Penrith, um, for Penrith to to grow in a stable, not fast, but stable growth and um, still reaching out to the Cook Islanders and other people. Mm. So that's church. Uh, Outside of church, it's church, <laughs> nothing, nothing much, but yeah, 
Nice. To, yeah, it's just get behind the vision of my pastors yeah. and yeah, build it. Because I can't do anything with that the mm. vision that we have. Nice, nice. And saying that as well, bro, look, um, as near the end, I just want to say thank you so much, brother, for sharing your story, mm. for God's glory, from, you know, from a dad that was a governor general of the Cook Islands, for you to becoming a police officer, and now you're a soldier in the army of the Lord, mm. EBCWS, and part of men's ministry, and so on and so forth, and helping out Pastor Jimmy. But in saying that, before I um, hand, it, uh, hand it over to you, just one more question is this, what advice... Would you give to those that are listening or to anyone in ministry? What advice would you give them in regards to their walk or journey with the Lord or, or especially being involved in ministry, such mm. as men's ministry or so? But from your own words, and I hand it over to you. Well, um, in the men's ministry or in ministry, um, just serve. It's not about position, it's about serving. Um, it's not about position, but relationships, building relationship. It is better for us to build a relationship now than later. Um, it's going to be hard, but you have to, you know, you have to be firm in what we, what we do for the Lord. Um, wherever you are now, continue to serve, you know, regardless of the circumstances, just serve. Because at the end of the day, your reward is wo is waiting for you when he comes back. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast and, and just as he did. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, be Karen, before Karen. before I um I leave, uh, this is this is a story. Okay, go okay? For what many of us, this is a story. This is a story about a camel and a baby camel. One day they were just sitting down, and then uh, the baby camel said, "Hey, mama." How come we got big eyelashes, we got a hump on our back, we have long legs, and why, why, why do we do, why did we have this? Then the, um, the mother said, you know, with the eyelashes, you know, when we have like this storm, because we are, the eyelashes are big, so it keeps away the, the, the sand. Okay. And how come, what about the, the hump on, the, on our back? Oh, that's to store water, so we have a long way, we have a journey, so enough water in us. And how come do we have long legs? And then, because sometimes when we walk, we sink in, in the ground. I said, oh, is that right, mom? Is it? And then she said, the baby, then why are we doing behind the bus, which means they were in, in the zoo. What I'm saying, sometimes we are so comfortable where we are that we don't want to get out and challenge ourselves in situations of life. That's it. <laughs> well, brother, once again, thank you so much. Thank you, Brother your Cruz. Story. Love it. No worries. Thank you. Your God bless you. Sharing your story for God. God bless you. God bless you, God brother. Bless you.